With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Villa fans and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast for our Luton match preview, uh, a game I'm really looking forward to and a game whereby I think everybody is hoping Aston Villa can keep their winning run going and uh, get another away win because, you know, three wins, three away wins um, in a row is something that doesn't come around too often. The last time we won three away away games in a row was when Unai Emery first came into the, into the, uh, to the setup. And uh, we hope to do it again as a, and propel ourselves towards the Champions League places. Paddy, what's the crack? The crack is good. It feels like about three weeks since we did a podcast. It, it's just Maybe it's just one of those busy, busy weeks that it just feels that way. But uh, yeah, it just feels like I've been not here for a long time. <laughs> you know? so, you are, I, I wouldn't mind, but you were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, huge, 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 huge game. It's uh, two, four huge games, I suppose, in the next two weeks. Um, obviously, with the the trip to Amsterdam, the the return leg of that, the Spurs game, and the the Luton Town game. And look, we're we're into the business end of the season now, and we're uh, we're back to the white football from from tomorrow. So uh, it's always a sign that we're getting towards the business end of the season. So. I think I think um, I think we'll have a better indication of of whether it's going to be squeaky pum time towards the end of the season, or we're going to be in celebration mode for for Champions League football if we can if we can get some results in the next two weeks and uh, push on for Athens and push on for top four or top five. Yeah, and look, I think there's uh, there's a lot of good feeling I think around at the moment, and and a win against Luton would obviously help that, and then obviously like. There's, there's, I've seen a lot of people post on, on Twitter that they've tickets secured for Ajax at home and potentially Ajax away over the coming coming few days, you know, and there's going to be a lot of good feeling for that. But Luton is the one that we need to figure figure out first. It's the yep. next piece of the puzzle in, mm-hmm. uh, in in securing top table European football for next season. So we got to get there. And I did. I've done a couple of um, I've done a couple of podcasts. I was with Chad from Villa Forever podcast today, Chad Williams. Um, if you, don't, if you haven't checked that out, please do. We're a great conversation with Chad there. And I was on with uh, We Are Luton Town podcast last night as well on their um, Twitter X stream or whatever it is. Uh, X 
spaces. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was on with them last night. We had a good chat about what their feeling was with regards to Luton and you know where where they felt we were coming from as well. And you know they were pretty pragmatic about the situation. Um, albeit that they did say, Paddy, you were gone at this stage because you were listening in. They did say that they felt Michael Oliver was one of the better referees in the Premier League, and I, just, I, uh, I did name check you uh, at that stage. Hoping you were still there to put your hand up to come in and speak, but uh, we both agreed, myself and the guys from the We Are We Are Luton Town podcast, we both agreed that David Coote was an absolute abomination. So there is that, there is that, that mutual synergy between the two between the two podcasts. Anyway, there is there is that. But Luton, I think, are you know they're buoyed by some of the performances they've had recently, and and, and they should be. Um, by by those um by those recently and and uh it's it you know they've they've had some good res- good good performances without getting the results. Obviously they beat Brighton four 0 I think it was. Then they had a four all draw with uh with, with Newcastle and then they went on a bit of a losing streak. They should have beat United. Sorry, they should yeah they should have beat United or at least drawn with United. I thought they were mm-hmm. by far the better team that day. And then you know they started off the blocks heavy against um Liverpool um with uh. With Ogbeni scoring in the first ten minutes, I think it was, and then Liverpool came came back at them and ended up winning four one. So yeah, yeah. So some of their performances have been good, and you know some of their individual players have been really good this season as well. I think, but uh, you know, on the whole, their 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 squad and they admit themselves, their squad is a, a on a quality basis. You know, it's it's um it is what it is. I think was the phrase that they mm. used that the guys used last night. But they're proud of their team as they should be, and uh, they're still in with a chance of. A puncher's chance of not getting relegated this season. So Luton will be a wounded beast at the weekend. And they will be a wounded beast. And, and they'll be even more wounded by the fact that, that Everton's uh, um, point deduction has been reduced this week. So that makes it a little bit harder for them to catch Everton. So it's, an, it's another one that's pushed a little bit away from them. Um, they have done particularly well since since Christmas. Uh, the, the weekend we, we drew with Sheffield United. They beat Newcastle. <clears throat> and then on St. Stephen's Day, Boxing Day, they went and beat Sheffield United 3-2. Um, and then uh, when we couldn't beat Everton, they went out and beat Everton the following week. to beat Brighton 4-0, as you say. But since then, uh, well, they've had the four-all draw at the beginning of, of February. And, and since then, they've been on a losing streak of four games. Obviously, one of those is, is uh, an FA Cup tie against Manchester City as well. And the other ties are <laughs> Man United-Liverpool. And and then in return one of Sheffield United beating them, so they're not on a great run of results. And I promise you, they would scrap all of those good performances for a few results. And you can be sure they'll be trying to scrap out a result this weekend. And um, they're battlers, they're fighters, they're 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 absolutely battling for the jersey. Every person I watched that Man United game a couple of weeks ago. I watched a little bit of Man City during the week. They'll they'll be hurting, I'd say, because they seem like a really together bunch, and they've got a really really good manager. Um, probably doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Uh, Ex Villa man as well. Um, so look, it's not going to be easy. You're right in saying we need to focus on on this weekend. This weekend is is if if we if we don't win this weekend and we go and beat Spurs, this will be the one that's hurting us. So let's get the result this weekend. Let's get the points on the boards, and then look into our what's going to be an amazing week between those two Thursdays and the Spurs game. And then we look forward to West Ham. It's hard. I know it's hard for everybody. It's really hard for me not to be looking to the next game and the next game after the next game after. That's just the way things are. I find myself waking up in the middle of the night going, uh, 
who have we got after we play Spurs and who have we got after West Ham and all this kind of stuff going through my head because it's just so close. It really is so close. But now is the time for no slip-ups. We can't we can't afford to be going into the end of the season in squeaky bum mode. We need to be, you know, if it's going to be fifth, it's going to be fifth. That's fine. We, we, we could be the masters of our own destiny going to Athens to get a result there. But yeah. at, at the moment, we've just got a plan for staying in the top five and staying as far ahead as Manchester United as we possibly can. And that will put us in good stead for, for Japanese League football if we get there. If it's not, it's it's Europa League. And again, it's progress. But we've just got we've just got to look at what's ahead of us. And look, we've got some great news this week by seeing Ezri Konza back on the grass. I think that's fantastic news given the run of games we have ahead. Um, as much as I'm okay with Clement Longley, I think I think he's he's been a great replacement and and he's done really well when he's in there. We all want to see uh, our Rolls Royce back in there because we all love him and everybody loves him. I've, I've yet to meet anybody that doesn't love Ezri Kanza. So he's uh, he's back on the grass probably too soon for this weekend. The hustle and bustle of a, of, a, of a Premier League fixture at Kenilworth Road. A raucous Kenilworth Road might be a little bit too soon, but great to have him as an able replacement if needs be. Uh, we still don't know about Pau Torres. Um, fingers crossed that that wasn't anything too serious and we'll find out in the presser tomorrow. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a highly anticipated press conference tomorrow, I think, for sure, to see what the story is with Pau Torres. But... Look, it's one of those things whereby it is what it is. Unai Emery has had situations like this. He's always found a way, or in the main, he's found a way, you know, to to get results. And and I don't, I, I've yet to see anything that makes me think any different. To put it that way, like uh, Callum Chambers, he's been around the club for a while. It's not like he's he's coming in cold from any situation. He's been training. He's not been injured. You know, he was never banished to the twenty threes. None of that kind of crack happened with him. He's always been in around the first team. It's not going to be a huge piece, you know, should he have to come in and play for a concerted period of time. Or, well, yeah. for this game, should I say. So, I'm, I'm not worried last week, about last week, we'll, last week will stand to him. It will stand to him having that, that 45 minutes last week and just yeah. get him up to speed again. Um, and, you know, we, we he's never let us down. He, he's come into games cold and had a, had the odd mistake in him, but he, he's a good, solid replacement to have in there. Is he of the standard of the other players? Obviously not, or he would be starting and playing regularly. So we we you've got to hope for the best with Pau Torres because I would love to see it being Pau Torres and Longley again, if not Conza and Torres, <laughs> or if not Conza and and uh, and Longley. So we, we look, we'll see how it goes. I think I think um, as well, and we're getting really into the you know in, into the team side of things here at the moment. But I think there's. More than a confident shout, I would have that Luca Dean would be starting would start the left back to, uh, at the weekend. Um, not that Alex Moreno has done anything correct or is, it, that he's been poor. He certainly hasn't. I just think that without we've Ramsey back there, you know, the need to have two people bombing up that wing like we did last season may not be there. And uh, I might think that you know, should we be playing a a Chambers and Longley in there that maybe brings in Dini in there. Somebody will stay home a small bit more. And look, I know his 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 positioning, his starting position are very very high under Stephen Gerrard. They were very high Luca Dean as well. But I think maybe that's what he might do. Bring Luca Dean in there as well to to Probably, yeah. for want of a better word compensate you know with inside with with that with that backline. But um, midfield is also a huge point. I I think. 
I was listening. What podcast was I listening to recently? It might have been actually 1874. No, it wasn't. Uh, I was listening to a podcast recently, and they were talking about Bubakar Kamara and the potential that you know when you um, when you kind of strip it back here, maybe over time we might be like like at the moment the way John McGinn is playing in that position, he's really stepped up to the mantle as a as a as a captain. He's not playing the game like Bubakar Kamara plays the game. He's playing the way John McGinn wants to play that position. And I'm really interested to see how that how that pans out over time. You know, if we start to see this more fluid fluid style of play that we we had against Forest, or do we stagnate again? Do teams find us out? Do we get overrun in midfield? I'm really interested to see what happens there because I'm not saying that we get rid of Kamara or anything like that. Don't get me wrong, but a horses for courses approach of maybe dropping McGinn into that position, or maybe playing him out in the out in the right, or maybe putting him in behind Ollie Watkins. You know. Having him as that joker in the pack that can play in any of those positions is really beneficial. But I was really happy with him at the weekend and I've been happy with him pretty much since Bubakar Kamara has gone out. Um, albeit that we haven't had been we haven't been massively tested there yet. What's your view on it? Oh, I'm absolutely fine with it. Obviously, I, I would love to have Kamara back at our disposal, but that's not going to be seen for a very long time. But uh yeah, able body replacements are there. So again. We've got strength in numbers for something we, we could only dream about two or three years ago. So we're in a really good place. We've got really good replacements. Um, as you say about um, uh, Luca Dean, I, I do believe this is a game for him to be back in there. Um, just to, just to um, nullify that threat of the of the wing backs that they play. Who plays down that side? Ogbeni, is it? Ogbeni. Uh, yes, Ogbeni does yeah. play down that side, which is concerning. Down, down uh, yeah, yeah. Doughty's. I'll I'll tell you something. Alfie Doughty can cross the ball. He can cross the ball. Like, yeah, he's been solid. Yeah, he's been in my fantasy team, believe it or not, all nearly all year. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm a big big fan of his. Um, mainly because he only cost four million in fantasy league, but that, that's why he's in my team. But uh, <laughs> he he's been solid. He's been solid throughout the season for sure. And Ogbeni, he's just just has that something a little bit different that he can do. Um, end product hasn't been there probably, but uh, it's just to worry about the pace. So I wouldn't fancy uh, us playing a, a, a very high Moreno and having to recover somebody to recover um, and take up Bog Benny, who's who's an absolute. Uh, he's a roadrunner in his own right. He's so urgent, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, very similar to um, Adoma. Is, it, is that what you call him? The Adama Traore. Adama Traore. It's been one of those weeks. Uh, Adama Traore, yeah. Very, very, very similar. Um, probably not as bulky as him, but definitely is as quick and tricky. But the, the end product just isn't there. But uh, And Ross Barkley as well has, has also been... He's, he's resurrected, you could say, in, in that team. So he, he will want... To put one over on us this weekend, I'm sure. As much as he always speaks very well of us when 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 he's asked questions, uh, there's no doubt in my mind he'd love to do it. Uh, Paddy, we've uh, I'm going to take a little detour here because we've got a beautiful question here from Simon Kenny. Simon Kenny asks, if you had to step in this weekend, what position would you play? <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm 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 in as a, like I'm the dirtiest six you've ever seen. Like that's that was my game. I so you're, a, you're replacing McGinn. I was well. No, I'm not replacing McGinn. I'm I'm maybe for the last maybe for maybe to kick a fellow up in the air for the last ten minutes. Uh, that's that's where I come in. But um, that's where I'd be 
playing myself if I was player manager. Well, I suppose my, my reply to this is I'm too old to step in this weekend. But if I was a bit younger and I could step in this weekend, it would be uh, it would be uh, either left or right back. Usually left back is where I played. But uh, I, I would probably, if I had to replace myself for somebody, I'd play right back and play in Maddie Catch's position. Yeah. David Style says that you'd uh, be guest referee. <laughs> Guest referee. Never, uh, never, oh, never, never. Oh, I would abuse you from high heaven just to give you a taste of your own medicine. Um, back to the game on this as well is uh, like there they might have two with well, three really important players back for them: Mary Bell, Jacob Brown, and Elijah Adebayo. Like if Adebayo really makes them tick, he's been like I. I if they if they got relegated, I can't see him sticking around at Luton next year. I think he's definitely getting to move back to the Premier League or or out foreign. Um, like he's he's looked every inch a Premier League player. Jacob Brown's a nice player for them as well. Um, but obviously doesn't doesn't have the same massive threat threat that Bear does. But but is a threat still. And then Amari Belt come into that back three as well. Um, what's your man's name that they came in the last day? Uh, uh, Burke. What's his first name? Uh, former West Ham Reese Burke, um, uh, Reese Burke is somebody who's who's coming in and out of that side, uh, along with Osho and Mengi. Um, like they've got they've got players if they get relegated will be snapped up by Premier League teams. Like Mengi will be snapped up by a Premier League team. I think Osho will be snapped up by a Premier League team. And Ben might get might get a you know why not why not go and join Celtic like every other uh, uh, Irish player that's. Uh, that uh, that needs a break at the, at the moment. That Amida, they're scoring goals for fun. You know, there's some nice players. There, John Clark pinged one in the top corner against uh, against Man City. Maybe maybe yeah. teams take a look at him. You know, um, well, you're, but you're, doing him, you're doing him a bit of a disservice too because they're, they're obviously if if they did go down, they'd get the parachute payments and and they'd be able to that's hang true, on. That's true. Yeah. So you know, you'd ha- you'd have to think they would keep the body of players together. Um, I I would imagine. Regardless, if if they had a complete capitulation, they'll keep their manager. They 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 you know they're they're set up that if they go down, they could could come straight back up, and they, and there's no need. Obviously, if they got a ridiculous offer for somebody, they would would accept. That's it for what sure. I mean. Yeah. But there, there's um there's absolutely no need for them to be selling at at, at the going rate, let's say. But um yeah, it's that, it, that's it, at the at the bail. That's right. Like I think a team would drop twenty, you know, high teens on, on mm. at the bail. If not twenty million on him, um, because he's shown a good bit about him. Like I know he's not, I, I can't remember. What, yeah, he's twenty six years of age. Like I knew he wasn't any spring chicken. He kind of reminds me a small bit of Jonathan Kaja, like uh, from the point of view of that age, played well in the championship, played well, and, and getting his game game in the Premier League, um, and yeah. that type of player as well. I do think a team would take would take a a, a a shot at him, you know, trying to sign him afterwards. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I meant when I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. Is he is he out for the weekend? Do we any confirmation on that? Doubtful, doubtful yeah. for the weekend. Doubtful, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, so he's considered he's nine goals this year. Nine goals in twenty eight games. It's a it's a good ratio compared. Well, he got seventeen a couple of years ago, but um, mm. you know, he's av- he's averaging about ten ten a ten a season. So. Yeah, it's, I didn't realise he was so old. I'd forgotten he's so many years at done done at Luton and and, and Walsall before that. So, um, he's averaging a goal every one hundred and sixteen minutes, which ain't bad either. Like you no. know, he's nine goals. He's only thirteen starts as well for them this year. You know, he's played yeah. one hundred. He's played uh, 
and this is just in the league, he's played uh, 1,161 minutes and nine goals, you know, so like when he's when he when he plays, he's he, he's good for goals, you know. So that's why I think that number will, like, I, I could see him at Bournemouth next year. I could see if they stay up, I could see him at Wolves next year. Um, the way that they need strikers. Uh, yeah. But anyway, that's that's a complete tangent. But uh, I would I would be happier to wake up on Saturday morning knowing he wouldn't be in the squad. Put it that way. I think everybody would. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, John Duran made it made a return, Paddy. He did. Back on the grass. Um, grass. Don't expect to see him in in the squad for the weekend, but maybe he's a KS agent that comes on in in, uh, at Villa Park against Spurs to see out a game or to kick Van de Ven or something along those lines. But no, it's good good to have him back. Oh, it's always good to have options, especially coming into the row of games that we're going to have. And and should we come out of that Ajax toy, they're they're going to be coming thick and fast over over the next two yeah. months. So, um, finger fingers crossed that we can get as many of them back. The Pau Torres is obviously the big one. Uh, great to see Esri Conza is back. We know that for sure. He's been on the. the somebody I, I lost the comment asking about uh, Dougie Louise jumping up on his back. I have a theory that that was done on purpose and set up in advance. He didn't even flinch when Dougie jumped on his back. <laughs> he knew he yeah. was coming. Um, and look, that shows there was no concern. And no, he was he was strong enough to be carrying someone like that. So he's he's strong enough to be back on the grass. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about about him. Um, but Pau Torres is going to be vital to us over in the coming weeks. So we're just I'm just having sleepless nights worrying about what what's going to be said in the presser tomorrow. Paddy, what was the prognosis in Diego Carlos again when he when he got injured that time? A couple of weeks. Um, a couple Sorry. of weeks, yeah, oh, for three, three to four weeks, yeah. So he's been out, what, now only one, but still. Uh, well, two <laughs> weeks now. Uh, two weeks. Still, no, I'm, I'm, my, my mind is casting towards, you know, the ticking fast nature of what's coming, I suppose, with, uh, yeah. you know, as you say, Luton, then Spurs IX, or, or IX Spurs IX. Uh, West Ham, Wolves, City, Brentford, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Brighton, Liverpool, Palace. You know, uh, options are great to have. You know, possibly um, possibly more European toys in between that. Um, and and you know, as Steve twenty four seven says, we do have a twelve day break after the West Ham game, which will help us. Like so, that's probably when you're looking at maybe Diego, Diego Carlos coming back at that stage. But you would hope to have Kanza back before that as well. It's a twelve-day break, but it's not a twelve-day break because they're going on international duty. So, well, that's, that's, that's where those players being that's where those players being injured in the build-up to it might be, uh, you know, a, a silver lining yeah. for for us that they don't get called up and then they stay with us. Like Diego Carlos won't be called up internationally. Kanza won't be called up internationally, and you know, maybe Pau Torres comes down with a dose of the, the scour or something like that and can't get on the plane and we just keep him around so that he, he doesn't get injured anywhere else because he's super important to us. Yeah, well, the, the one thing, if he does go to Spain, he'll, he'll get some sun on his back because he, he hasn't been getting any game time. So I'm okay with that. Um, it's it's the other ones, the ones that we wouldn't expect it being a friendly to see Ollie Watkins being picked in there. Ben Ezri Conza might be picked in there. You just never know. Um Wood <laughs> says we'll all need a twelve a twelve day break after West Ham. Uh, I well, think I'll need a twelve day break after getting over for the Bournemouth game. Uh, I think Mark, I need a twelve day holiday after that. So Mark Mark Wood is meeting me in, in, in London for the West Ham game for for my birthday on Paddy's Day in uh, 
Yeah. We're only a couple of weeks away now, so I'm looking forward to that. Three, two, Actually, three weeks. I'm just, I'm just looking at the calendar. I do have 12 days away. Well, I've, I've got 10 days away anyway after after the um, the, the Bournemouth game. I'm just looking at it there. What did I do? That? Jesus. Do you know what? Subliminal me is better than actual me because uh, fly out to Birmingham on the 19th of April and then there fly back home on the 21st and the Sunday. And then I'm flying back out somewhere else then on the 22nd. So party on for that week. Paddy, you'll be doing the podcast that week in your own anyway, the 22nd, because I won't be <laughs> Production meeting, production meeting. Quick. I'll, be, I'll, I'll be looking for substitutes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, getting back to the game at the weekend, though, Paddy, um, like the 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 knock on factors of this weekend. Spurs obviously having the weekend off, the weekend just gone. They have Crystal Palace under new management. Oliver Glasner um, of Eintracht Frankfurt fame um, is now in a Palace. Maybe they get a new bat, new manager bounce. Maybe they get a draw at uh, at at Spurs. We go and beat Luton. Man United City, you know, we're talking about knock on effects like you were, we were saying at the start. We don't yeah. want to give away those three points we gained last week on Man United. We don't want to give those away cheaply again. The team will, I'm certain the team will be in the positive mindset or the right mindset to go out here and know that, listen, a workman like 2 1 win here, there's going to be no extra points given for style. Yes, it'd be great to have two halves like we did in the first half against Forest. That would be absolutely fantastic. It would really set us up well. It'd be great for the confidence going into the Ajax game. But get out of this game, no injuries and a win. That's that that is golden, I think, for this team at the weekend because of the potential for Crystal Palace to maybe sneak something at Spurs. And anything that happens in that game, provided City beat beat Man United, that really strengthens our, our, our chances of getting top four. And we won't even have to worry about top five then at that stage. Because if we can go seven points ahead, let's say Spurs draw. Uh, we go seven points ahead of Spurs, playing Spurs next, and we go and we get a draw, and they don't take points off us then during that yeah. game. That really sets us up because seven points ahead of Spurs with um, with ten games to play, that really that really solidifies our position, you know, and the fact of uh, of what we where, where we would look towards and, and and how much it would be in our own um, our own hands, I, I, I suppose. So not only is our game playing out at the weekend, and it will be like this from here to the end of the season. But also, there will be other subplots going around with regards to Spurs and Manchester United. And I think this weekend is one whereby if we do our job, that puts the pressure on them. And we will know the Spurs result before. I think we will, won't we? Yeah, we Spurs will, are yeah, playing at yeah. we, We'll know the Spurs result before mm. we go to play Luton, which will be good. Because I think that's a healthy amount of pressure for us to have. But we win, that puts the pressure right back on Spurs. And it certainly puts pressure on Man United against City. The day after, so that they don't go 11, 11 points behind. Yeah. Um, look, there's a lot, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of play. Um, you, you said that the most important thing is we do our own job. If we keep continuing to do our own job, we'll finish in the top four. That's that's the most yeah. important thing. Um, obviously, we're not going to go um, and win every game for the rest of the season. So we need other snookers to go our way. Um, but I, I think that if we go and win this weekend and go and beat Spurs, I think it'll be very, very hard for anyone to catch us. And and that's ultimately what we need to do in the next week. I think I think if we can go to Amsterdam 
and not be out of that tie by the end of it and then go and beat Spurs and then go go and win the return leg against Ajax. I think we're in a huge, huge position heading into the back end of the season. We don't want to, t- we don't want to take our eyes off. We want, the, we want that trophy as well. You know, we've been crying out. We've nearly 30 years without a trophy if you don't count the, the playoff final. So we want to be carrying silverware through the streets of Birmingham. If that's if that's the Conference League, so be it. Um, and, you know, what better way to celebrate getting Champions League football is carrying that trophy on, on the open-top bus. And uh, we'll all have many days of celebration because I don't think we'll go to work for a week if we got Champions League football. So um, <laughs> let, it, let it know what might... Well, at least I know I'm not going to work for a week if we win in Athens because I'll be in Athens for a week after the, after the game. <laughs> There you go. Um, and look, actually, do you know what? You mentioned something there, Paddy, about even if it is the Conference League. And I know I know you didn't mean anything derogatory by that, but it reminds me of something that I kind of got my goat up at the week, during the week where um, Pep Guardiola, and I, look, I know people are pissed off with, with Klopp, or, and I know some people don't like Klopp or whatever, but I have to say I'm on Klopp's side with the celebration he's done for the League Cup. I think it was a momentous achievement to get through 45 or 50-odd minutes with those young kids who some of them can't even drink and wouldn't even be able to drink in the States. Some of them probably don't even have driving licenses. And, you know, we celebrated Louis Barry putting us winning it up against Liverpool and ultimately yeah. losing. And the, t- the kids, and none of those went on. To, well, very few of those have gone on to make it even in the game so far. So I think Klopp did a super job there. Um, and uh, I think the players did a super job. And I think he should celebrate it. And plus, it's also his last game. It was also his last season, should I say, with the team. But I think Pep Guardiola, when he came out and said, started saying that nobody cares about the competition and was trying to put it in Brian Kidd's mouth and Sir Alex's mouth, I think it was incredibly disrespectful to the... Look, there's 19 other teams in the league who, if they won the League Cup, would cherish it at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. It just showed a level of arrogance from him. So, you know, you go away, you win a cup, you, you, you celebrate it. As you said, it's 30 years since we've won a cup. You know, what we win, we celebrate. And, you know, you have to always remember the good days too. And the good days come with a glint of silver. And, uh, yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I I got a bit pissed off with, with Pep. And I know he was having a dig at Klopp. But have a dig at Klopp, but don't denigrate a cup just because you're new money. And you're, uh, like, 50, 15 years ago, if Man City, in 2009, if Man City had won the League Cup, they would have had four weeks of open-top bus ceremonies and the community would have fucking loved it. Yeah. And that's the way football should be, regardless of how how uh, how important you feel you are within the game, or how um, you know how successful you feel you've become in a relatively short period of time. And that's my rant over. Yeah. I have zero respect for Pep Guardiola as a man because he said some questionable stuff in relation to the charges that are against him. That he's been promised by the owners that none of them are going to stick. Bollocks. Absolute bollocks. And to talk like that after some after somebody, you know, when the chips are down, pulling all those kids together to, to get it to get a team onto the pitch to do a job over you know, and I, I didn't like what Gary Neville said either about you know the billion pound flops. There was no need for it. That I didn't wasn't like that either or not. Yeah. I didn't like that either, yeah. Um so it was it was obviously pre rehearsed after after you know, at oh, the time yeah. someone someone handed it yeah. to him like I, I, that's yeah, that's yeah, what I felt. Absolutely. And there was no need for it whatsoever. But um, regardless of what anybody... And, and look, everybody is different. Um, I said something on the podcast, could be two years ago at this stage, that 
I, I think Klopp is a great winner and he's not derogatory towards anybody. When he loses, he, lo- he has a habit of losing his shit. But I think I think, uh, I think think that sourness that, that we saw from Pep Guardiola is a measure of the man and a measure of how deluded the club has become. Because if if that's how you if that's how you think things are, I'm sorry, there's, some, there's something fucking wrong with football. When when you bear in mind that we we were struggling to get tickets for the the Carabao Cup final four years ago, and Manchester City had them on general sale, like mm. you know, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But like, and that goes to show, Paddy, the contempt for the competition has been there for a while. <laughs> And if I was, if I was the owner of Manchester City, I'd be majorly pissed off because if if they're if they're if he if he's still there next season, which chances are he will be, because there's no sign of those fucking charges coming that he said he's going to walk if they're convicted of. But if um if he's still there next season and Manchester City draw Liverpool in the Carabao Cup, how the fans turn up knowing that that's how he feels about the Carabao Cup? You know, that's their problem. You, uh, you, can you can you can you imagine what Chris Heck would think if if Unai Emery came out and said that about the Carabao Cup, knowing that we need to put bodies and bums and seats? Sorry, there's something something not right there, and I, I didn't like it, but it annoyed me. Yeah, I'm sure I, you can tell right away I'm talking about it. It, it yeah, it, it annoyed me. It annoyed me too. It annoyed me too. Um, yeah, and look, the like the reason I bring it up is because like I I'd love to win a Carabao Cup. I'd love to win a like when you think about it, Carabao Cup is the Conference League of of English yeah. uh, English uh, competitions, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But as you said, Paddy, not one of us will will sit here and go, "Oh yeah, no, we just won the, the Conference League." No way. We'll be, I I'd be thrilled to bits if we win the Conference League, as should everybody. Yeah, look, I know some people at times can talk about needless games and things like that. You know, football is cyclical, and uh, and and you know it's been thirty years since we've lifted silverware. Um, the, oh, like I suppose it's all about outlooks, and 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 if you do go on and win a competition, none of those games were needless games. They weren't, mm-hmm. and even if you don't win the competition, there's something to be learned, there's something to be changed, there's something to be garnered from those. And and the reason I say that is because I know it sounds very idyllic, but Una Emery is doing that with every every passing game, and and it sounds very much like. I'm part of the Branch Davidians or something like that with regards to, you know, putting him up on this cultish kind of, and I said cultish um, type of pedestal uh, with Una Emery. But I think he, like, I think he's at the stage where he deserves it because he's, he's fought, like, every challenge that's been put his way with this Villa team. Yes, we may have had two or three game blips, but he's found a way to turn it around. He's found a way to get us back on the horse again. And as I say, until I see something that changes my mind, that's the way I'm going to believe it because he's very much. If we say it's a results business, there you go. That's yeah. the, he's getting us the results we need. Um, so yeah, Carabao Cup or the the Conference League and the Premier League will be focuses for Aston Villa, and I think that we will see that over the next few weeks. But it starts with Luton at the weekend, and we need to get those three points versus Luton. Everything yeah. else is is consequential if we don't get those three points against Luton because winning breeds winning, uh, and and good feeling. We we've seen this this team. Tribes off good feeling. Yeah, actually, Paddy, do you remember? Did you, did you see? Uh, um, sorry, I could have crossed you. Go ahead first in case I ruin your train of thought because I've I'm go going go for different, it. different anyway. Go for it. Did you go see? Did anybody else here and pop it in the comments if you did? Did anybody else see Yannick Balassi? And there was an interview with him on some uh, podcast, and he was asked what was the what, uh, what was the worst dressing room he was in. He stopped and he goes, 
can't remember the worst dressing room I was in, but definitely the best dressing room I was ever in was the Aston Villa dressing room. And he started naming Tammy Abraham, Uncle Albert, Tyrone Rings. <laughs> started naming them all. And he said, the banter that we had in the, in the dressing room would come out onto the field. And he said, you just felt like a million dollars playing. And I thought that was pretty cool because, you know, I, I, well, I, well, Uncle Albert and, and Tammy aren't here anymore, you know. You can feel that from the team. And that's where mm. I get from the whole, this team when they're winning and there's a good feeling around it, they relish that and they like that feeling. And I think a lot of that comes from the likes of McGinn and, and, and from the leadership team that we have within the group of players uh, downwards. So uh, keep yeah. the winning going against Luton. Well, I think there's a lot of leaders in our, in our group and, and there's a lot of lot of, um, a lot of of people with important roles to play. I'm surprised the Yannick Balassi coming out with that because he always came across as somebody that wasn't happy at the club so <laughs> to go out with a statement like that is is uh unbelievable in itself i might I have to go back it, and have a look it, it might it just probably goes to you can be unhappy at not playing but you can have a happy dressing room you know like yeah. he obviously respected the people that were there he said these guys were great crack you know and they were getting yeah. results out in the field for that run of games um, and yeah. But what what the, the likeness to to that time when we had that run of the ten game un, unbeaten run, um, I, I give it a likeness to what we went through with the, at the start of the season, going Thursday Sunday Thursday Sunday, and grinding out them results and getting the results in Europe and coming back and getting the results yeah. on, on the Sunday, which was which was vital, and yeah. uh, that 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 same kind of feeling is the feeling I'm getting coming into this weekend. That if we can start off this run with a victory, no matter how it comes, once it comes, if it's if it's a one nil ninety seven minute deflected shot, I'm happy with that. I don't care how the result comes this weekend. I don't care if it's not pretty, because winning is a habit. So to go into this, to go into this very important run of games and just nick three points, or even better, go go and put on a five star performance and and bang in a few goals, then. Even better again, but no matter how it comes, we just need to get three points on the board this weekend, just to get the fans on the edge of their seats, get get the the atmosphere of Villa Park and Amsterdam and uh, uh, London Stadium in in two weeks' time. All of these things, just just to just to up our game from from the bottom to the top, on the pitch, off the pitch, everywhere. It's just going into the most vital part of the season. And if we can all get behind them, fingers crossed. Absolutely, 100%. I think that's going to do it for the podcast tonight, everybody. Uh, Team Sheet Tantrums will be here again on Saturday. We're probably not going to make the post-match for uh, two very different reasons, I think. But uh, <laughs> uh, there won't be... Uh, I think Paddy, Paddy's going to the pub, and uh, I'm not, put it that way. So... Uh, there mightn't be a post-match on Saturday, but we will have one on Sunday. But Team Sheet Tantrum will go ahead as always. Um, so if you're around, join us for that. We'd be delighted to have you. But uh, yeah, Aston Villa looking to go to Luton, go to the famous Kenilworth Road Stadium, uh, going through that house, essentially. Go in, go in, go in that the door of that house and end up in the football ground and uh, come away with three points um, at the weekend. And hopefully that is... Uh, that is what will happen, and we keep our charge towards your towards Champions League football. Um, but yeah, we're going to leave you tonight, everybody, and uh, we will see you on Saturday at four twenty for uh, Team Sheet Tantrum. But until then, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, hit the like button, and all that's left to say is up the villa, up the villa.
Podcast Network.